Hello, minions, and welcome to the seventh episode of Evil Campaign. I'm Cat Cool, your host and game master. Before we get started, first, let me tell you about Cards Against Humanity. They asked us not to read an ad. Enjoy. Next, this coming week is Gen Con. The One Shot Podcast Network will be there, mostly running panels throughout the week, and we'd love to see you. I personally am one of Gen Con's industry insiders, so the week's even more jam-packed with panels for me than is standard. But it should be really fun. I'll post a link to the network schedule in the show notes. One panel that's probably of interest to this particular listenership is the Campaign in Character panel, but there's a whole lot of interesting stuff. You're also able to find my industry insider schedule through the Gen Con website. Additionally, outside of Gen Con's programming, the network is hosting a meet and greet on Saturday from 8 p.m. to midnight at the JW Marriott's Trevi Marzio room. You don't need to be a Gen Con attendant to stop by and say hi. So if you're in the area, please do. We'd love to see you. Next! We have a new campaign-centric shirt available in our Tee Public store. Folks have been asking us to make a Make Brave and Heroic Decision shirt since just about year one of the show. If that's something you're interested in, it's definitely a thing now. And this week, Tee Public is having a sale, so you can get it at a little cheaper than usual. I'll put the link in the show notes. Next! So it's been a little while since campaigns updated. I wanted to talk to you all a bit about mental health. Specifically, mine. I guess I want to give you a glimpse of what being an adult who's very aware of a specific mental health issue looks like, and how that mental health issue affects my life despite that knowledge. Because this stuff still isn't talked about that much, and I think it should be, especially in a political climate like ours that breeds stress. Okay, so I first noticed that something was wrong with me about a month ago when I first sat down to edit this episode. For some reason, I wasn't connecting to the material. I kept starting and stopping the task. I'd remove a pause and then completely disassociate for 10 minutes. I'd play back a section and not be able to tell if I was making the material better or worse with my edits. Internal forces were telling me that I wasn't good at the task, that I didn't like the task, that I didn't like the material, that I didn't like the show, and that I was wasting my time on a project that I didn't even want. I don't always love working on campaign. There are pockets of it that are trickier than others. We don't always nail our performances, and I'm not always proud of the work. I get frustrated during the editing process. I imagine anyone who works on a thing that they love will admit to similar. But that's not what this was. I think I'd been mistaking signs of my illness as just standard markers of work frustration for a while now. And I likely would have kept chugging along and struggling if it weren't for this episode. Because this episode is an episode that I've wanted to edit for months, ever since Tyler and I recorded it. I've been excited to get to it. Recording with Tyler is a dream. He's pleasant and professional. We get through our work speedily and always find neat character moments. In contrast to regular campaign, Evil Campaign doesn't have much in the way of special voice edits uh, that need to go into it. It's a smooth edit process, and this episode in particular was going to be a cakewalk. So, when I started that editing process and immediately hit a brick wall, it raised a red flag that something was wrong. I wasn't connecting to something that I'd been excited for for over half a year. I was disassociating. These are symptoms of my depression. I stepped back and took stock of my behaviors in the past few weeks. Turns out, I'd been sleeping a great deal more than usual and growing severely fatigued after only a few hours of being awake. I'd really only been eating one meal a day, and that was cereal, if left to my own devices. I wasn't showering regularly, and wasn't taking my usual amount of interest in my appearance. 
ticking off checkbox after checkbox that I've set for myself over the years, it became increasingly clear that I was in the middle of a depressive episode. And judging by the amount of fatigue and the severity of my reaction to work, this one was, and is, bad. So what do you do? What do I do? And that's complicated. It changes person to person, but the first thing I do is inform my immediate support network that I've noticed the change. For me, this is my husband. For others, it might be friends or family. A strong support network that understands my needs and wants to help me stay healthy is the best asset in my fight against my mental illness that I've managed to cultivate over the years. My support network starts doing things like checking in on my sleep schedule and making sure I've showered. They get me to detach myself from work when it's not working and turn my attention to activities that I'll process as productive, something that I unfortunately need to feel like a valid human in times of high stress. They'll make sure I'm eating at regular intervals. There's always the option of medication, or increased medication, if that's what your doctor prescribes, or seeing a therapist if you've yet to head down that road. But that's a path that requires a great deal of effort and sometimes money and support. Your friend or family member who's struggling might need help getting themselves to a place where they seek professional help, and medicine and therapy alone aren't the cudgel solution that many people hope they are. I take medicine for a variety of medical issues. However, to put things in a bit of perspective, after realizing that I was dealing with a particularly nasty depressive episode and starting to work hard to curb it, there was a week that my spouse went away on business. This was a particularly poorly timed trip, and a combination of my migraines, depression, and my blood disease saw me bedbound the entire week. I don't like being bedbound, and spending an entire week in bed is completely unsustainable. I know my body. And I'm medicated, but this stuff still happens. Stuff that I wouldn't be able to hold down a 9-to-5 with. Stuff that was already happening in almost this exact form when I was 15. I saw no sympathy from the school system then, and medication was treated as a cudgel. A bedbound individual can't meaningfully utilize a therapy session or walk through the steps of increasing their medication if that is the next step to handling a mental health issue. They'll need support from a community that is willing to listen and understand their needs, or just show up and drive them if they can't drive themselves, you know? Each mental illness is different. I always have depression. It's something I'm very aware of, and usually completely on top of. There's a voice inside of me telling me that I hate myself and everyone and everything else. And it's grown easy to tell that voice no over the years. But there are times it acts up and becomes a bit too much to tackle on my own. I don't want a lying voice to ruin my life. So I've set up a system by which my loved ones can help make sure that doesn't happen. And in turn, when their various demons act up, many of which look nothing like mine, I'm ready to step in and help them through them. Which is, I guess, the point of this talk. Often, when I talk about my migraines or depression online, I get folks trying to offer me advice on either subject or offering to take over some of campaign's editing duties for me. Please don't do that. That's not helpful to me. I see one of the best migraine doctors, period, and I'm actively invested in living the best quality life I can in terms of both my migraines and depression. I know my own business and have heard of the things you're suggesting to me. Furthermore, I rarely take kindly to unsolicited advice or help and don't know many people who do. But I understand that the impulse is coming from a desire to help. So, let me ask you for help. You know people with mental illness. You might be mentally ill, but you also 100% know mentally ill people. They might be your spouse, your friends, your co-workers, your children. Please take stock of the ways in which you are set up to be a support structure for them in their times of need. Do you understand their specific needs and the ways they're different from yours? Are you aware of each other's boundaries? If not, please have those conversations. Develop those networks with your loved ones. 
We're currently living in a culture that's a prime breeding ground for stress. And stress is the number one activator of most folks' mental illnesses. You're going to need to rely on each other soon. And I don't want you ruining your relationships in the process. If you can all do that, this past month I've spent doing nothing but eating saltines and crying will have been at least a little worthwhile. Thank you. Now, James and I would like to thank our outstanding Patreon backers. Christian Creek. Thank you. <laughs> Chris Wig, thank you. Andrew Gold, thank you. Karen Joseph, thank you. Thank you, Karen. Chris Crouch, thank you. Daniel Fieldhouse, we've definitely thanked Daniel. Uh, Daniel Feldhouse. Daniel Feldhouse, yep. And I don't know if we have. We have. You've corrected me on that exact thing before. Based on our infallible method, how could we have oh, thanked Daniel Feldhouse? Before we get too deep into this, I would like to thank Queen Felicia, or <laughs> just Felicia, as she has thanked us. Thank you, Felicia. James Michael Whitaker, thank you so much. Quinn Wongku, thank you. Uh, the Ben Hutton. Thank you. Thank you. And now, a long time ago, in a galaxy far, far away. Now firmly in hand, the only prisoners that remain are Talon Trachnia and Fanola Raxis. Agent Zero and Agent Arik now must choose between pursuing a member of Death Watch and a prisoner whose records have been redacted. All this while contending with mysterious equipment failures. Could their next target prove to be too much? So I guess as we're speeding off in whatever direction, I kind of just like lean over to Ava. It's like, so are we, I assume we don't want to go after your Sith user. No, I think we want to hit her up last. Uh, right. Especially, I mean, that didn't go so hot. And this guy, this next guy, they're probably, there's going to probably be a lot of people with a bunch of weapons. So uh, I'd rather get it done sooner rather than later. Uh, hey, can you? Make sure that we're not being scanned. Uh, yeah. So I run uh, diagnostics on us for anything that might be tracking or running any kind of surveillance. I, yeah, I want you to make a computer's yeah. check for that, I guess. Can he have a blue? Yeah, he can absolutely have a blue die. He can have a zero die, too. <laughs> Am I rolling against anything? Yeah, it's going to be, I think, uh, two purple. Sweet. That is hard. That is, that is average. That's average. Average. Easy one, average two, hard three. Yep. Daunting. Daunting four. Daunting four. Cool. I'm going to get this game before Johnny does. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I feel like you already surpassed already him. There. Yeah. Now all you need to do is strike him down, really. So that is a success. That's a success. success and an advantage. And an advantage. So you find an Ebert program okay. in the computer setup for this car. It is a buried routine that would make the car do something incredibly dangerous. It's up to you guys what that would do. But this is another sabotage thing. Yeah. And it's a sabotage thing that's like buried in there that only a computer person would see. Okay. Can I say that it's programmed to like when it's activated, it causes the steering to just 
pull the hardest right turn imaginable right. and every, just stick there. Every time you make a right turn, it like it sticks yeah. a little bit until it's got a timer on it that randomizes like stick, stick, stuck. Uh, oh, so Jesus. it's just like one of the turns, the one of the right turns that you made was going to be disastrous. Okay. Would this check allow me to mess with that or would I have to roll something else for that? So this check, I mean, you've identified it. So yeah. I'm going to say like thematically, we don't even need you to make another check to okay. delete it or do whatever you need. I want to put it in a sandbox, mm-hmm. um, which will, it isolates it into its own little compartment where it thinks it's running on its own system. So it thinks that it's still functioning, but it's been but isolated it's from the main. Perfect. So, it, so anybody who might it, be monitoring it thinks it's still working. And yeah. It's not. I turned to Ava and I said, found something. Yeah, these guys have, yeah, these guys have a bad habit of wanting to mess us over to the point that we probably die. Can you disable it? Already done. It thinks it's still running, but it won't affect us. Okay, then give me a second. Uh, I don't think that highly of Lufon's force abilities. I doubt she's listening in, but Mm. uh, I'm going to clear my mind and make sure that my defenses are up. Okay. She stops focusing on on the force and looks over. So, uh, Lufon's definitely trying to kill us, huh? I mean, if tampering with a high-speed vehicle, intentionally trying to derail us on the highway. Yeah, I would say that she's definitely trying to make sure that we don't come back. And whatever's going on with this whole Raxus thing, too. Seems pretty bad. Is this out of, uh, is this out of a line for her? Is this kind of her deal, her bag? Does she hate you? Does she hate me? Uh, uh, I don't know. She hates me. Oh. At least, I, I mean, I think she does. Hey, man. A lot of people in the world. A lot lot of people in the galaxy. A lot of people to hate. We cut to a flashback of Ava finishing up a training session and Lufan looking over at her. You're wearing that? And cut back to the (laughs) present. (laughs) And that's it? Actually, no, no, it's better. You you finish up a training session. Like You're exhausted. Um, You're walking out. And Lufon is just passing you in the hallway and goes, cover up. Ah! <laughs> oh, f*** her. <laughs> oh, she catty. Why, why would she want you dead? Well, usually if people are trying to kill me, it's because they probably are trying to and maybe can't kill Blue. Uh, but then again, I don't necessarily make a lot of friends. Yeah, uh, I mean, I've gotten the impression from him that he's a bit of a pill, but yeah, but like killing him. Well, you know, he uh, he's been making a lot of moves in the empire lately, and uh, a lot of people are receiving that with mixed emotions. You know, uh, he's young, he's very hot-headed, he's very rich, and he's just kind of really difficult to deal with. And I'm pretty sure he has a very clear up trajectory that mm-hmm. gets under people's skin. That doesn't feel like enough. Not for this. Not for, like, okay, let, I mean, if we lay this on the line right now, just taking us out in the, uh, with the first, uh, speeder. Yeah, I, the speeder. I could, I could get. But this, like. It's very clear that whatever she's trying to accomplish, she's trying to accomplish within the, the time frame of this mission, within the day. Uh, it doesn't add up why she would want to be so persistent about it, unless she doesn't want us to get to the other end of the day. Yeah, I mean. It seems like she actually wants us dead. I, I don't know if it's just me. I'm sorry if you're just getting dragged along. Oh, I get dragged along everywhere. <laughs> uh, as long as, but as long as my wallet gets fatter by the end of it, I'm fine. 
what do you do this for? What do you, I, I mean, I clearly, uh, I voluntarily put myself into harm's way for my own reasons. But uh, at the end of the day, I walk away a richer man. Are you sort of, where, where, are, you, where are you coming from for this? Oh, I don't have a choice. Uh, I was oh, sold right. to the Empire. That's yeah. right. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, and she's my master. She is my, supposed to be my teacher. Uh, so is this like a lesson you're supposed to learn? No, she's a very bad teacher. Oh. Yeah. Huh. Okay. Mm-hmm. So... I guess in a perfect situation, at the end of the day, she wants you dead. Looks like at this point, yeah. Why would she waste all this time training you? She doesn't train me. That's okay. That also plays into that. All right. Yeah. The force is weird. Is it? I don't think so. I think it's pretty easy to understand. Or is this outside? Is this force stuff? Or is this witch stuff? Oh. (laughs) Uh, Okay. Uh, No, this is... Oh, they're not that different. Uh... This should be uh, force stuff, right? Uh, this should be the government-appointed force leg of things. That's right, yeah, yeah. Lufan doesn't much care for any of that. Uh, she has obviously been force-sensitive her whole life, but cares much more about the military-industrial complex and seems to view much of this as a hindrance to her advancement in that portion of her mm-hmm. career. She does it well enough. She's quite skilled, very powerful, but again, doesn't seem very interested in training me despite me being her student. So here's a question. Perfect day for you. Uh-huh. The absolute perfect day for you. Okay. In that situation, do you find yourself killing her? Uh... <laughs> blink twice if you if it's yes. No, blink once, yes, twice for no, three times if you'd rather not say. Okay, I'm going to have to blink three times, Zero. All right, well, then take that as a yes. <laughs> okay, you have to say a secret then. Oh, me? Yeah. Ah, oh, come on. Come on. What? That, no. I, that, that, Show me that what's was, under your helmet. That was, whoa. Huh? No. Okay. okay, you didn't even blink. You blinked three times. I, that was a, I am yes, inferring a lot. I would very much like to kill her. Ooh. It is the only way that I can attain any amount of freedom or autonomy in the universe at all. Is she listening to you right now? No, she's not. Okay. I've made sure. Okay. You've made sure that we're not being monitored in the Oh, car? yeah. I, I, I checked this thing a, a while ago. Exactly. She's not checking in right now. Okay. Well, uh, I mean, it ain't pretty back there. Well, that's fine. I mean, you, you might you might not even... No, I want to see. It's it's not even synthetic. Show it's like... me! Also, it's one of those things where it's like, it's been so long, I don't even know what is... Oh, come on. Please. <sighs> Fine. So this is one of those behind his shoulder Oh, for sure. Shots. <laughs> 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 like uh, two fingers like into like the air holes and then like he does like a twist one way, twist <laughs> another way, and then like a pump and then it goes. Oh, oh you're very handsome. You really think that? Yeah. Okay. It's been a while. Yeah. Okay, you got your fill? Yeah, I'm good. Please don't ask me to do that again. Alan, are you okay? Yeah, yeah, I'm fine. I'm fine. It's just, I don't do that. Don't do that at all. And uh, and I prefer not to. The, the actual air feels weird now. Are you okay? Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, have you ever lost a face? <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> Never lost a face. Okay, yeah, yeah. Well, it, yeah, it's, it's clearly, yes, yes. Uh, but it's, uh, 
you know, it's um, it's one of those things you, you really don't appreciate until it's hidden behind uh, a black screen for years upon years upon years, you know? Yeah. The LED signs or the display on the helmet's pretty cute, but, you know, it doesn't uh, doesn't do justice, you know? To just seeing things? Just to seeing things, to be able to you know, express if that... No, oh, it makes sense. Yeah. You said you liked being a cyborg, though. Oh, I, I, I love being a cyborg for the practicality of it. It's just, um, you know, I do also remember what the other life was like. Of course. Yeah. And, uh... You know, it, it, bounty hunting as a as a as a cyborg with a face is a lot different than cyborgs without a face, because then you can kind of check out. You know, yeah, you can you can you can stop being that and then go have a drink somewhere. But you know, the, this you see the display. Oh, that guy's probably a bounty hunter. That guy's here to like bust open a door and like take somebody in. Everybody's on their guard, which is fine. I'll mess up anybody who comes at me, but you know, you just remember what it used to be. Zero. I'm going to go to bike with you. I kind of figured that's what you were going for, and I'm so glad that I took the helmet off. Me too. You're going to love it. I'm looking You're forward to it. it. It's going to be fun. You're not going to sleep much. Okay. I mean... You'll be doing a lot better things than sleep. Yeah, that's what it... But it's just you probably also want to set aside some time after bike right. to just straight up just just pass out <laughs> and like people probably get like oh that's been like concrete stuff right oh yeah and i oh, work yeah, with yeah. children and they get sick like instantly mm-hmm. like instantly yeah so I'm gonna but these to are all isolate an- that's okay i can do that i can Great. just i can just set aside time yeah, yeah schedule yeah. that whole thing out yeah, awesome. it'll, be, it'll be good yeah this is this is gonna be great this mm-hmm. is gonna be great ah it's been a while since i've had a plus one you know yeah well uh, blue right well he hates it he hates it, and he won't. I don't even count him as a plus one because anytime he goes, he never talks about anything other than how dirty everything is. And don't get me wrong, things are dirty, but you know, it's a uh, it's a dirt that you kind of grow and love, you know. Yeah, yeah. No, I I like a lot of trash. Thinking about me, yeah, that makes sense. If you like trash, you're gonna love bike. <laughs> that was one of their slogans one year. <laughs> <That's> a... <laughs> <laughs> that was a uh, ninety-five. Um. We should check in and see how Yulia and the other interrogators are doing on Cliff. And see what we have about Treknia. See what information we're getting. All right. Uh, let's ping him. So this, uh, this Treknia guy, bleep bleep, she pulls him up on the... So like... <laughs> <laughs> I think like um, the windshield on your side now has the, yeah. the layout. James, give us the rundown. So Treknia is a confirmed Death Watch operative. Death Watch is a much smaller organization. It is no longer the glorious Death Watch that took over Mandalore. It is the small group of operatives that broke away after Maul defeated uh, uh, John Favreau. <laughs> <laughs> There was the the woman who was in love with with him grabbed her Death Watch crew and they basically made a hasty escape. Was she in love with him? It was pretty obvious. I don't think she was at all. Oh, I think she was not in love with that guy. I think she liked him. I mean, she was pretty broken up about him specifically being dead. Oh, and snap. Not even just Death Watch not being the organization but that she wanted it to be. Around. But Ew. yeah, 
So she she split off with her own faction of like true Death Watch operatives, and they've essentially been operating the way that they were operating previously on Mandalore, which is as a guerrilla terrorist organization. Mm-hmm. Um, they crop up every once in a while because they're well equipped and well trained. Usually they're not caught, but they steal things, they break things, they cause trouble, and there's somebody who's sort of like high on the radar for Imperials who are operating on Mandalore. It's an, an organization you don't want to have as an enemy. Mm-hmm. It's been a couple of years that this organization has been operating, and they've gone through several different people. This particular individual was brought in as a recruiter. This is somebody who goes to different bars, hangs out on different hollow net locations, and identifies easy targets to be indoctrinated into the Death Watch organization. Okay. You get a report uh, coming in that is like little blips that are popping up on the side of his profile. They are from ongoing interrogation. Okay. Okay. The business that we're in. Yep. <laughs> saying things like, Tracnia was looking to get off planet. Tracnia was going to uh, rendezvous with people from his organization. Tracnia was going to have Death Watch regroup. So it's just getting little tidbits from that interrogation that must be going on at headquarters. Would it make sense to uh, roll an underworld to see where Death Watch might be keeping their ships? That is a great thing to roll. Sweet. What am I rolling against? I think that's going to be an average. Three successes. Three successes. Beautiful. So you have cross-referenced all the potential targets. You know Mm -hmm. smugglers because you're a bounty hunter. You know criminals. You know the weak points in a city where people from the underworld can get things through general security. You cross-reference that with a place that a fugitive might be able to reach in the immediate city. Mm -hmm. And you identify a spaceport that is known for being flexible with bribes yeah um if they're going to be escaping from anywhere it's probably going to be there so there's a port the wamoda spaceport they uh their palms are pretty easily greased and if i had to put my money on it i would say that you could probably get off planet under the radar through them which is what we're trying to do right let's uh let's meet our recruiter Uh, So you guys get a readout of the spaceport. You know that because of the curfew that was imposed and the heightened security with Jalova, nothing apart from absolutely necessary shipments is operating anywhere in the city right now. So the port should have a lot of ships on lockdown. Uh, So if anyone is in there, it is just staff that should be watching the house. So you, you expect there to be minimal staffing there. It's a spaceport. It would be an active spaceport, but it is a civilian controlled spaceport not an imperial controlled spaceport that mostly caters to commerce Mm -hmm. okay how large i'm just trying to it's a smaller spaceport so they could probably hold 15 ships and how many people are probably staff it normally i would say average staffing would be 30 to 40 people, you know, refueling and doing various desk jobs and things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's closed or open air? This is a little dome that's not too far outside of the main city. Cool, 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 cool. 
So in approach, I am going to, we're keeping our eyes on scanners, so we're aiming to not be scanned on approach and yeah. looking for a, a sneaky place to, to store our hot rod. Yeah, I don't think it's going to be too hard to find like a sneaky place. This is like a big industrial area. There are a lot of loading docks and things that you could park by, maybe throw a tarp over it mm-hmm. and blend in pretty easily. Cool. I'd like to pull up a record of things are on more of a restricted lockdown but mm-hmm. you said that there are things going in and out and Absolutely. i would assume that this guy's going to try to get on probably the, the next shipment of whatever out of the planet so i'd like to pull up a log of like what's the next scheduled ship out of planet it's going to be a what dock that is waste management shipment it's basically just shipping off waste that cannot be broken down and recycled to a junk planet and that is going to be happening at dock three or something okay. like that we've got a waste shipment that's going out of dock three coming up i'd like to put my money again i got a lot of money i'm gonna be betting uh, <laughs> i put my money on uh that trash goes with trash i just nod <laughs> <laughs> she does like a, a little gimme skins <laughs> what do you think do you do we want to do we want to sneak in are we part of the rebellion on this one what what's we want to come off as we're part of the rebellion i mean it's a believe that that i don't know i mean it's it's pretty easy for me to to make people think things but not for too long you know so i I don't i don't want to risk getting that pretty green arm shot up so uh what do we think it's yeah so layout stuff in this i mean this is a spaceport so it's mostly like loading up cargo yeah. and then taking off there are a lot of you know maintenance tunnels and like offices connected to it but you know if you're a fugitive you're probably just bringing what you need and loading up a ship and taking off as soon as you can how much time has passed so this was hours after the operation it, yeah. it was it was zero watching over blue for a couple of hours yeah and then you received assignments shortly after. It's like so, like six hours later or something. Eight hours later. Okay. Yeah. Eight okay. hours. Okay. Okay. Eight a.m. Yeah, and they're bound by the schedules which non-suspicious ships are taking off. So it's not like they could arrive here and immediately take off. They have to wait till it wouldn't draw suspicion. So that's the yeah. advantage you have over them is like you know when the ship would be able to take off. Yeah, no, that makes sense. I bring up and scroll through the ongoing stuff from the interrogation. Is anything coming up about meeting members of Death Watch, etc.? Are there any indications to the size of a group or to anything other than fleeing? Uh, so you know this man was interrogated. Like interrogation can work very quickly in the Empire or it can be a slow long agonizing process of trying to extract information he has given you no names you absolutely know that he has compatriots on planet that he was training or recruiting you don't know who those people are the impression that you have is that it wasn't a large group of people death watch doesn't just grab people up because that's how you get imperial agents involved right 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 with your interrogations like you know that he has contacts he has a small group of loyal contacts that he could be operating with okay but probably not a team of 20 or 30 people probably more like five to ten people who would be operating under his command what if we go in and flash our badge we say that there is a member of death watch here holding out and we maybe convince the people that are there normally that are working there the citizens to rat out the the outlier Mm, i think that's a great plan 
bleep bloop. I'm calling it up to the dispatch center. Uh, Imperial? Yeah. Hello? This is Imperial Dispatch. Auric reporting in. Hey, Auric. How you doing, girl? Yeah. <laughs> hey, Cathark. So, sit rep on this. We are at Lamota Spaceport tracking down this Treknia fellow. Mm-hmm. Looks like they're going out with the... Ah, the, the, the shipment going out in an hour and a half. Yeah, that trash shipment that's going out. So, uh, we're going to take care of it, but I want to make sure that you guys have it on record that uh, this is where the folks are heading out in case we're going to need to uh, shut them down another way. Oh, oh, I will uh, scramble some ties to uh, fly some patrols in that area. Nothing to alert their suspicions and chase them away. How about that? Cathark, you're a gem. Thanks. (laughs) (laughs) Bleep. (laughs) So, yeah, so we head in. Perfect. Uh, There are a couple civilians that you know are on duty. You have their records pulled up. There's a person named Sloke who's supposed to be working reception. How can I tell that they're named Sloke? Because the Empire has their driver's license, their social security number. It's like all laid out for you because these are the people who have clearance under this curfew to go and operate at this facility. Mm. Uh, Before we go in, can we just like for us, can we just take record of all the folks that are normally staffing? this absolutely yeah. and so we'd be more primed to notice an outlier or a, exactly. a mischief, you, mischievous face you know exactly everybody who's supposed to be working today yeah. who works for the facility yeah you don't know who would be the regular drivers and operators of the starships but you absolutely know everybody at the facility who would be working okay cool so anyone else is going to stick out like a sore thumb what's sloke steel uh sloke <laughs> appears to be in his mid-40s he's mandalorian face two male two uh-huh he's got a With, little bit of male pattern baldness yeah he's got lines. a little bit of customization <laughs> yeah. yeah just you know a little bit mm-hmm. um but you know he's been working this job since he was a teenager and basically the job hasn't changed much so he is sitting at a, a reception type desk behind a shield of any sort or just a desk i mean it's like uh there'd be a small blast shield because this isn't the best reputed place but it's also you know, it's Mandalore. It's not like Tatooine or anything. No, it's Mandalore where there is an Imperial base. Yeah. Yeah, so so I just go confidently walking mm-hmm. up to the desk. Oh. Oh hi. Avery Sloke? Yeah. Uh hey. I'm sorry, have we have we met? No, I'm Agent Arik of the Empire. And oh, okay. uh we heard that you guys might be having some trouble tonight. Any Um I, I'm not aware of any trouble. I mean, there's almost no one here. I'm kind of surprised to see anybody walk in today but with the curfew. Nothing. Just you don't have to. If they're monitoring you, you don't have to say anything. Just wink. If anything dangerous going on, that anything that. Uh, uh, not that I know about. Should I be worried? Civilians are our top concern, and I don't want anything bad to happen to you, Mr. Sloke. So you are aware that there are dangerous fugitives on the loose who might be trying to come out of this spaceport by any means no that they have weapons large numbers anything they might have been disguising themselves i mean we've got two launches today and i've seen everybody that's come in for every launch i can describe them perfectly uh you should probably give me those descriptions right now because i might be here 
Is it safe? I will have someone escort you off property as soon as as okay. soon as possible. People are on route. This is a potentially very tense situation. Oh, thank goodness. Okay. I okay. Uh, well, well, as, well, as soon as she says that, like I put my my hand to my head, like I'm calling someone and making an important like. It's like, yes, yeah, send everyone in. We need to clear the area. We need to protect the civilians. No, you listen to me, sir. You make time. <laughs> he is my top man, and he will take care of you, Avery. I give one thumbs up. Okay, wow. Um. So yeah. Uh. Uh. There. There were unusual people here today. Um. There were uh, uh, three people that I completely did not recognize, and they were, you know, in trash uniforms. So I'm like, uh, they're probably garbage men, right? But I guess not. Um. They're loading up a ship right now. Right now. Right now. Right now. They They've been loading it for so long, and they've been bringing in. <laughs> Wow, now that you mention it, those crates did not look like trash crates at all. They were way too small. Avery, who here is working with them? I I I don't know. Uh there, there's I guess that that would be that would be Rafis. Rafis in, is in, you know, uh Bay 3. He he handles all the stuff from there. I I mean, he's always been so snippy about anything. Like, I'll ask him what he wants to do for lunch, and I bring he's up- like, already got plans. <laughs> so he's doing that, and I'm bringing up Rafis on the thing. What's yeah. Rafis's deal? Uh, Rafis's deal, he has, it's very similar to Avery in that he has been working this job for decades. Yeah. You know that he has been working a job that does not make a lot of money. Sure, sure, It's sure. not technical work. He's got to make sure the ships are loaded, and he is the one who, you know, authorizes on the ground when the launch is ready to go. He's basically a not even glorified logistics operator. He's somebody that you send to watch things on the floor. That said, like if you really dug deep into his tax information and whatnot, he's made a couple purchases that are like big ticket purchases over the past year and a half. So he's come into some money somehow, and it's definitely not coming from his job. I will check the flagged for interrogation rebel sympathizer checkbox next to all citizens names that is very easy to check <laughs> off from our, our uh, little data pad it's so easy it accidentally gets checked <laughs> all, all the, the time, time. <laughs> <laughs> and it's so hard to undo no really he takes your yogurt yeah i think so it's in the refrigerator and i'm putting it there no one else is taking it because i eat lunch with everyone else but it's gone so, you know, I'll lead you to draw your conclusions on that. I don't know if you can bring them up on those charges, but you should. I'd go back on my headset. No, listen, we have a felon. <laughs> he is a criminal. You should probably uh, make sure that there are cameras going on. Can you do that here from the... Absolutely, I can. And I'm going to put down silent lockdown. All the doors are going to be locked. So you guys are all set. Here's a key. Avery, you should get out of here. Okay. Uh... Long live the emperor. (laughs) 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 Yeah, after that person leaves, you see Ava like visibly shake. Was that brainwashing? I feel like that was brainwashing. No, that wasn't anything. Okay, so this doesn't sound like it's going to be too difficult. Three people. I mean, how tricky can that be? I guess from a tactical standpoint, what can't you do with the force right now? Oh, a lot. It's actually a lot more limiting than you'd think. Um, I, I mean, I don't I don't really keep up with that. I don't encounter a whole lot of Force users a lot in my day-to-day. But uh, you guys are kind of... You guys are the end-all, be-all, no matter what stage of whatever mysterious ranking you guys are. Mm, 
I, I mean, I guess. Can push stuff, pull stuff, make people think things. Um, I got uh, healing, hurting, you know, all that. Uh, I can I can shoot lightning out of my fingers, so. Oh, man. That's a fun trick. That's so many bar bets. And uh, lightsabers. I love them. It's all you need right there. You're good at cutting people down. You can cut through things. All of it, just great. But that's kind of, that's where I am. There are lots of other things people do. They like, um, oh, animals. They like talk to animals. Why? I don't know. Like That seems, why would you want to? Seems like Prisney princess nonsense. But yeah. Yeah. I feel like I don't see the point of trying to associate with an animal, let alone on like an ongoing basis. People, I feel like that's weird. I don't, some people keep pets. Who would do that? That's so much. Who would seek that out? Who unnecessary want... responsibility in the hair. Yeah. Ugh. And because and animals are dumb. Yeah, animals are dumb. Ugh. Uh, you, no, no, thank you. Uh, again, from a, a tactical standpoint. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What's the biggest thing that you can push or pull? If I wanted, if I, if we needed to clear a room, what could I go? Ava, hit it. So, yeah, that's a good, that's an interesting point. Um, sort of. So it's not like. Uh, anyone who has the force can theoretically do anything. It's just like, uh, are you in the zone or not? And okay. in order for me to get in the zone, I need to be feeling something. So mm -hmm. uh, anger, fear, all of that sort of thing. I can channel that into something. So like if someone I care about is getting, if there's potential for them to be hurt, uh, or if somebody's hurting me and I uh, am very upset about it. Or uh, if, I don't know, if there's a chance someone's going to beat me at Spario Kart. You know, all of those mm -hmm. things that just get your hackles up. Uh, you cart? Yeah, you cart. Oh, I cart. When do you cart? I've never seen you in the in the break room. Oh, anytime, anytime. Well, that's the thing. I don't, I kind of do it on the... Uh, oh, okay. My heads up display. Probably anytime you see me like staring off in the distance, you think I'm being like pensive and thoughtful. I'm carting. You gotta be insanely ranked then. Because, like, I only have time, you know, because I'm, like, I'm on missions, I'm in the library, I'm dueling. I rarely have time to cart. Mm -hmm. So I'm relying on a lot of better, finer motor skills than the other guys. I'll tell you, it's a lot of it's cybernetic now, uh, at least for me, this guy. But you're looking at the 15th best carter in the galaxy. Only one <laughs> that he knows is better is Lobot. <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, I mean, I think that's what we're talking here. Most of the time, not going to be able to clear a room. You give me a 5DS and play me some cart, and I can probably get that room clear. You don't think that's weird at all? Like, you're kind of using yourself in order to fuel yourself? You know, you know, think like, oh, I'm I'm afraid I can use this. I, I feel like that's that put a weird spin on Does it ever? Anything. Did it ever weird you out that you sometimes kill people for money, you know? Mm-hmm. Oh, look, we're there. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so you guys, how are you sneaking up on this place? What, what does it look like? Well, we certainly didn't sound sneaky now, did we? So that mm -hmm. was us walking through the facility. Yeah. So then we come up to the door, a door that we have a key for that looks out onto the area. So like there's, um, is it just like a, a parking lot with stuff? You know? Yeah, so it is a, like there's a metal floor to the facility. You see two parked ships. One ship has the ramp down. There is one 
man in Mandalorian armor who is going over a checklist. There's another person in Mando armor who appears to be servicing a rifle. There is a person who is in dumpy looking overalls. And those are the three people that you see. So are these ports walled off? Yes. Yeah. I'm going to, can I establish that while they are structurally separated, Mm -hmm. there are like, they're the walls are actually function as doors and so there are like large large doors for in case they have like a huge ship coming and they need to make room but then on that split there's a smaller doors for like general entrance and exit so you don't have to walk out absolutely so yeah so there are doors for the doors on the side would be for trucks coming in right uh, with big shipments there is you know a big door on the ceiling to actually let ships in and out and there are smaller doors on the side for personnel to go in and out okay so maybe this is just my phantom limb talk but I don't know if I want to do necessarily the flashbang approaches before. I know right. we had good intentions, but a guy can only get shot at by a turret by... Hey, you know, but whoever expects a Gatling gun? You can't always plan for a Gatling gun. Um, you wouldn't get anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> can't always plan for a Gatling gun. That sounds like I'm something Leenik would say. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I agree. Okay, so maybe what we're trying to do is find our missing party and also separate overalls out because he might be able to override some of the lockdown procedures that we have in place. Okay. You want to find that guy or do you want to take overalls out? I'll I'll take overalls out. Don't kill him because he's been letting other people through, so we're going to want that. <laughs> so uh you say you say don't kill him and then uh there's just like a shot of me like a blank expression and then you hear just this <laughs> fine. <laughs> I mean, knee swipes, fine, you know, it doesn't mm-hmm. just not, not the whole, not the whole shebang. So overalls is away from the, the main bundle of folk. Yeah. You can see like they're the two people standing at the ramp of the ship. They look like they're just killing time for when okay. they can take off. And overalls is across the other side of the facility. He's just looking at a hollow pad. Okay. So if he's in any direction away from the ship, that would put him close to one of those extra doors. I say, since we have the key, mm-hmm. um, I'll book it around and unlock the door and i'll hopefully be able to remove him maybe from the active area altogether and see what we can get and then you can take care of the the folks from there yeah so just looking for the other person then could be on the ship could be on the ship i guess i will head to the ship all right well then i mean if we really just wanted to get in get out we could i don't know take talik dispose of the ship and be out What about the, um, this person, this extra? Well, I'm saying all we have to do is focus on Talik. Right. If we just focus on getting him in, getting in and getting him out, it doesn't necessarily matter who lives, yeah. who... I have a thought. If we handle this as we're supposed to, if we do it by the book, they probably wouldn't care if we went on vacation afterwards. Yes, we could. So we're handling this well. We're going to take down all of them. I'm sorry. Not just taking Talik. I mean... If they kill, if they die, they die. Like I'm, I didn't you get, know, if they I didn't die, get to where I am right now yeah. by hating my job. <laughs> <laughs> That's a perfect line to roll initiative. <laughs> Can we do this? Yeah, absolutely. He has so many light side points to work with. Yeah, some terribly good things are about to happen. Ugh, that's the worst. <laughs>
Go, Death Watch. Good guys, go. <laughs> this is finally... I'm glad that we're at an encounter where I don't care if anybody, anybody? on either side has bad things happen to them. I felt bad for the arms dealer. Well, of course you did. Poor buddy. And he took falling damage. The worst, the worst type kind of damage. damage in all of Star Wars. Okay, so I need to know what you guys rolled. Just two advantages on my part, so two I'm at the bottom. Right. Three successes and two advantages. Okay. First up, we have APC lot tyler i believe could take it because he rolled it he probably should yeah i'd like to do like a manual opening of that side door Mm -hmm. so i can slip through and how far is this guy from me would i be able to get to him in one action yes easily so what i think happens you are using your finger to r2d2 style deactivate the door so that you can manually open it yeah you're right now bent down next to a trash can and you see empty yogurt containers in the trash can so (laughs) This guy <laughs> There's like is a, 12. <laughs> he's a dirt bag and you know it. <laughs> but like you managed to open the door quietly. You can hear because it's a spaceport echoing across the middle of the hall. The banter that's happening between the two soldiers. We're going to be taking off soon. I need everybody to be prepared for that. Uh, nothing should go wrong, but Death Watch stays prepared. If you're going to be a recruit, that's how you got to act all the time. And the other one who's messing with the gun goes, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and meanwhile, the person on their hollow pad is just like playing Angry Birds or something. Yeah. <laughs> it's angry lizard monkeys, I guess. I would like to sneak up and clasp his mouth and just in case any kind of auditory response and then stun him straight in the back and hopefully make him go numb. So you're going to roll a takedown on this fellow. Yeah. One success and three advantages. So two of those advantages, this is completely silent. Okay, Uh, yeah. So I sneak up behind him. He is none the wiser, but I clasp his mouth, shock him. He tenses up and then goes immediately limp and then like, let's go the hollow pad. And then like, I catch, I catch the (laughs) hollow pad. As I bring up the hollow pad, it just so happens that he just cleared the level. So it's like, (laughs) (laughs) all right. And then, yeah, then I drag him back behind the trash cans. Yep. So you pull him back into the room that you were in earlier. Um, No one's the wiser. We cut across to where, Ava, are you in attempting your mission? So I have two advantages to work with. So I think the first one is that I have a window that I can Mm -hmm. easily just jump out of. And the other is that the two people that are standing there are like under a really bright light. Mm -hmm. They're in a well-lit area and there are a few other pockets of well-lit areas. One is directly in front of the ship, but the like back area of the ship, the whole thing that would definitely have manual override escape pods and Mm -hmm. all of those sorts of things, that's all in darkness. So I'm just jumping out this window, walking through the dark paths silently to to open up that ship. This sounds like the perfect opportunity for a stealth check. Stealth, stealth, stealth. As you're as you're sort of about to do that, yeah. you just hear a quick ping. One down. This is check is going to be average difficulty with a black die because the commander is on edge, but nobody else is really aware to make it hard. Can I have a blue for the darkness that I created with my advantage? Yes. Oh my Whoa. goodness! That roll. That Jesus. is the best roll. That has ever been rolled on any of our shows. Okay, so our show is over. So it is a success with two threats and two triumphs. Wow. Well, it's. I also succeed by three. Don't worry about that. So it's three successes, two triumphs. 
and two threats and two threats well yeah what does this look like this um, goes i want exactly but, perfectly for you i just want i really want you to be like wildly more efficient than like either of us had planned so after i say like one down here's like <laughs> oh this is gonna be a competition gosh darn it so i see like uh you jump out of the suit of armor that the other like you pull off a mask and you are already in there <laughs> Well, so I think what happens is, uh, so I've like calmly walked to the back of the thing. It's open to start. I figured I'd have to key into a pad. It's open, but I still have to sneak through the ship. So he calls me the moment that I'm like edging my body through the engine area. Mm-hmm. And then the guy is prone working on the engine. Yeah. Uh, right in oh. front of me. <laughs> this person pilot. isn't anyone, is He's, it? Well, not exactly. You can see that this person has a fresh tattoo. He's like stripped down so he's like in a tank top. On his shoulder, he has a death watch symbol tattoo. Yeah, so you like call and I'm like, oh, gosh darn it. I didn't want to be behind. This is he's much faster than I thought. And then the guy's uh, open there. The, his arms open wide stretching for a thing. Mm-hmm. I just push my lightsaber over his chest and activate it. Oh! <laughs> brutal! Oh god, it's like... It's it's like it's so it's like and it's over yeah yeah like i'm technically the dude has more health than that but he's dead well i mean does he even that that's 16 to start six how would it be 16 because it's breach one so that's 10 damage he's dead bleep bleep uh one for one nice so now the only people that you know about are those two people in Mandalorian armor who are just chilling in front of the on-ramp. The on-ramp. Okay. I bet I'm closer to them than you are. I bet I'm a better shot than you are. I want to make like the best sneak sprint to um to like the ship proper, mm-hmm. and then I, I want to post up and take a shot at this other guy. Not Talik. Not Talik. One purple with two black dice. Triumph and a disadvantage. Okay. So the, so the triumph is going to allow you to activate a critical right away if you would like okay. to do a critical. 75. 75. Ooh, that's a good one. You are doing this crouch run. You're behind a box. You jump in the air, turn to them. You can see Talik makes eye contact with you. This other guy sees what you're doing while he's cleaning his gun. You're diving through the air. You bring this blaster up in front of your sights and you fire off two shots. One shot hits him squarely in the chest. You see it impact the armor and mm-hmm. not puncture through it okay. oh that's kind of a scary moment for you that you realize oh jesus this is this is tough you fire off that second shot really quickly it hits him on the leg which is not covered with the cortosis chest plate or not cortosis this is besker mm. because this is mandalorian sure, sure, uh, sure. so so that doesn't burn through but the other one hits him in the leg okay that does get through and For that, he's got an injured leg, which gives him the condition hamstrung, which prevents him from using his free maneuver until the end of the encounter. So how much damage are you doing? So I'm throwing eight at him. Excellent. As I hit the first one impacts and like he soaks it all in, I'm just like, what? And then heads up, Ava, these guys are denser than I thought. Like they're not very smart? I mean, I... (laughs) (laughs) No, I mean, like the armor that they're using is denser than than I thought and... (gasps) Like they bet, I bet they've got a good armor. Ah, oh, lightsabers don't go through that. Lightsabers don't go through that. This is going to be so much fun. We've got unfriendly soldier, and you see Talik take off in the air. 
What, Talik? You see Talik with a jetpack oh. on his back take off in the air. This not, is what they do. This is not an easy fight. Sweet. <laughs> oh, this is going to be fun. End of episode. Now, how about a Dear Bluebird letter? Dear Minister Blue, I'm a long-time fan of all of your work on the Holonet, particularly the Commander Clone Program. Although, I think the rest of your body of work does not get enough recognition. I watch Commander Clone together with my son, and I think the work speaks for itself. As a young man on the rise in the Empire, I know you must have a lot of grand plans for programming to educate and inspire the galaxy. You have quite a career ahead of you. That being said, just as many characters on Commander Clone die, so too we will die. And as you look back over your body of work, what do you want your last ever holocaust to be? Not what do you think it will be, but what do you want it to be? Signed, The Talking Tabletop on Tatooine. <laughs> okay. Did you write that one for yourself and send it to yourself? Absolutely not. No, okay. uh, Talking Tabletop on Tatooine is a phenomenal podcast, frankly. It's one of the best shows that exist within the galaxy. A, a podcast? So sir? you did this, then? I, no, I don't know what you're talking about. The, the, uh, the arbiter of that show is as handsome as he is talented. It's really a so phenomenal I do show. not like to cast aspersions on people, but it does sound like you are—you definitely wrote this. I did not yeah. write this. Why are you bashfully twiddling your own hair? I don't know. That's not one of my tells. You know that zero. It's not. It's not. There's a question here. There's a legitimate question. No, answer the answer the question. Which is, what do I want my last ever Holonet broadcast to be? I've never seen him smile this much. He's lying. You know that I can tell when people are lying, right? Did we all know that? How am I lying? There's nothing I'm lying about. Okay. First off, that's cool. Second off, I'm going to keep that in mind. Third, it's not cool because you're an evil space witch. Devil space witch. 3.5? Is he lying? That cannot be infallible. What do you mean? Well, there's definitely a way to fool that program. My being able to tell when people are lying thing? Yes, Absolutely. Um, I mean, maybe, but I think you'd probably have to be, like, good at force stuff. And I don't think Blue is. Well, that's true. <sighs> mm, I, I don't, it, it can't be right, because Ava's been wrong numerous times when doing her weird space witch thingy with me. No. Uh, yeah, a lot of times. Um, most of the time, actually, incorrect information that's given. Zero will back me up on that. Yeah, that's Answer true. your self-indulgent yes, question. No, it is, it's totally true. Yes? Did you, did you write it? I that's not the question. Okay, then answer the question. I feel question. like yeah, we, we're going to be mired in this if we don't just answer the question. Okay, so last ever Holonet broadcast. If I could have one last Holonet broadcast before I die, it would be... Can I say accepting my position as emperor? No. No. I can't you, say that. No, you definitely can't. Anywhere near a microphone, which is everywhere. Mm, yes. Um, of course not. Long live the emperor or whatever. Long live the empire. Long live the empire. Um, I think you know, I would just want to have a nice hollow net show. Also, it would be really terrible if you became emperor and that was your last net broadcast, because that means you got assassinated very shortly after becoming emperor. No, I would be emperor and I would no longer have to do holonet broadcast. No, my last broadcast, if I'm being serious, it would just be me sitting down with my best friend, having a lively chat about the world, the empire, life, how great it's been to travel the galaxy together, sharing our experiences, sharing our stories, sharing our passion, our deep deep passion for each other and i think that would be the best best possible last holonet broadcast really
Well, that doesn't seem very ambitious. I like it. I, I that like sounds it great. I Do great you? Idea. I think it's a great idea. Didn't think you would be receptive to that idea. Well, you know, I'm full of surprises. So then I've got a question. Should I ask the question? No, I shouldn't ask the question. Yes, no, you should. No, I shouldn't ask the question. Yes, you should. What is it? Quiet. I will chip the down. Why are you whispering? No reason. Okay. So, so Zero, have you done many HallowNet broadcasts? Uh, no, uh, I don't think I've ever done one. I think you'd know the extent of what he's done on the whole net, wouldn't you? Yeah, I'm, I'm not isn't really. That your area? I'm asking rhetorically. I mean, uh, in terms of like sit down interviews, like that's not necessarily my thing, but I could be into it. So you know? if you were to wind up, say, on Tatooine, perhaps on a Hollandet podcast, you'd just run into him one day at their massive broadcast studio, and and you were sitting down across the mic. I was maybe sitting down on the other side. Are you trying to invite? me on to your last I'm asking a hypothetical question. You're going to have to say yes or no. Are you asking me to do it? Are you going to say yes if I ask? Uh, that depends on if you ask it. It really depends on if you're going to say yes if I ask it. Well, maybe if you actually ask it, I've then been, I can determine Oh my god, ask a question. Ask a question. I've been burned before. I will be receptive to the question that was posed to me. Would you do a HoloNet broadcast with me? I oh, think the Empire. Pause for effect. Does everybody feel that? Yes. Yes. Yay! Will you say you're best friends with me on the mics? Um, <laughs> I think that's all the time we have for today. <laughs> I do hope Talking Table Tap on Tatooine uh, got the answer they were looking for. I think they did. They definitely did. It's blue. <laughs> Thanks for listening to this episode of Evil Campaign. The crew of the Bluebird will be back again next month. Before I leave you, first, let me tell you about some of our affiliates. Match 3 explores the cultural context of video games with Kotaku reporter Patrick Klepek, freelance writer Jita Jackson, and middle school teacher Sam Phillips. And Neo Scum is a future fantasy comedy podcast where five Chicago improvisers antagonize their way through the role-playing classic Shadowrun. It follows a group of misfits and outsiders, a chrome head docker, a teenage candy junkie klepto, a kid's show wizard with a petulant thirst for adventure, and the nastiest trucker this side of the robo Mason Dixon. Join the irascible Neoscum crew as they dole out street justice to every deeb they encounter, whether they deserve it or not. Evil Campaign is a part of the Campaign Podcast, which is a one-shot podcast network production. The Star Wars Edge of the Empire, Age of Rebellion, and Force and Destiny role-playing games belong to Lucas Books and Fantasy Flight Games. Finally, all music on the show is performed by the Snowdens of yesteryear. Until next time, there is no death. There is the Force.